Greetings and salutations, sports fans nationwide. You have entered the Sports Opinion Log Podcast. I'm your host, the sports historian, Lex Anderson. Subway Series, New York Yankees, the toast of Major League Baseball, taking on their crosstown rivals, the New York Mets, the trash of Major League Baseball. Yankees, fresh off of losing two straight series in a homestand, falling to the subpar lackluster below 500 Chicago White Sox and the Boston Red Sox. They go into enemy territory known as City Field and are immediately down 5-1. Early in the game, they come alive in the fourth inning, dropping five runs, knocking out old washed-up has-been Mad Max Scherzer. Clay Holmes, bases loaded in the eighth inning. No problem. He gets out the jam. Ron Marinasio comes through for the win. Michael King gets the save. And the New York Yankees get the 7-6 final score victory. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Sellout crowd of 43,707 showed up. For the Subway Series, still missing Aaron Judge. Still, for the Mets, there was no Pete Alonzo. Luis Severino, who I've said before, I believe the Yankees need to part ways with him, continues to struggle. He had two second-inning balks. That is terrible. Terrible. What can I do with that? Honestly, again, I keep saying it. When Severino got bounced for six runs in the first by the LA Dodgers, that was the beginning of the end. But thankfully, Max Scherzer was even worse. He went three and one third inning, giving up six earned runs, seven hits, and only two strikeouts. His season ERA is 4.45. And Severino, his stat line, Four and two third innings, seven hits, five earned runs, three walks, and only four Ks. It is time to say goodbye to Luis Severino at the end of this season. Or hey, maybe Cashman could do something. But Cashman is always trending every other week on Twitter because people want him fired. You could follow me on Twitter at LexAnderson underscore WS. Mike Stanton, sorry, Giancarlo Stanton, earning $32 million this season. His bat was MIA against the Boston Red Sox. He got the party started with a home run, solo shot over 400 feet, 408 feet to be exact. That put the Yankees on the board. But clearly, Severino... Two runs in the first, two runs in the second, a run in the third, was clearly hell-bent on giving back the lead. DJ LeMayu in the fourth inning, finally showing signs of life, with his bat again going MIA against Boston. LeMayu, who's earning $15 million, a six years $90 million. The Yankee Bats finally came to life to win a game 
that early on looked like it could have potentially have been another embarrassing Yankee loss. And thankfully, the Empire State Building acknowledging the Subway Series lit up in white and blue because the New York Yankees own New York City. It'll never be the Mets. The Mets are literally number two. They're caca. They're doo-doo. The Mets ain't shit. And neither is their fan base. Tonight, it will be two former teammates from the Houston Astros. Gary Cole for the Yankees. Justin Verlander for the Mets. So all aboard the Cole train. Let's get this victory. Let's get this sweep of this Subway Series. But uh, props again to Ron Marinasio for picking up the win. And again, Clay Holmes in the eighth inning getting out of a bases-loaded jam. The Mets, uh, they had a pitcher, Drew Smith. He got ejected for having sticky fingers and sticky hands. He becomes the second Mets pitcher ejected by umpires this season for using an illegal foreign substance, even though he's saying it's only sweat and rosin. MLB has to get that together. (laughs) Like, you're really ejecting players. And again, with the ejection, it's an automatic 10-game suspension. Who knows? Back to the Yankees, though, and their relievers. Michael King with his fourth save. And the Yankee relievers are leading the majors with an ERA of 2.27. But as I've seen so... As I've seen so often, unfortunately, the Yankees rely on their bullpen so early in the season... That when it comes time to the end of the regular season and the playoffs, they have nothing left. But then again, the Yankees don't really have a starting rotation. (laughs) So I don't know what we're going to do with all of that. But yeah, at 7-10 tonight at City Field, Yankees will be taking on the Mets. Cole versus Verlander. Let's see if Cole can stop being a home run machine. That would be nice if Cole could stop giving up home runs. So there's also some other baseball stuff I want to talk about real quick. One of them I'm going to save for last. Uh, A quick talk, though, because it always sucks when injuries happen. But uh, Houston Slugger... Jordan Alvarez will be sidelined for at least four weeks with an oblique strain. That's going to be, that's crazy. Because, you know, whenever you hear the word oblique, that's one of the most important parts of a prominent hitter's body. So when you have an oblique strain or injury, that's going to be tough. And he's young too, 25. He has 17 home runs and 55 RBIs in 57 games this season, hitting .272. That's a big blow to the Houston Astros. And again, injuries, injuries always suck. 
And speaking of things that suck, the Oakland Athletics, but it sucks in a good way, but let me just get to it. The Oakland Athletics beat the Tampa Bay Rays 2-1. They've won seven straight. But the reason why I'm talking about this game in particular is that the A's drew a season-high attendance of 27,759 as the Oakland fans held a reverse boycott to protest the team's move to Vegas. However, sadly, the crowd was chanting, sell the team, stay in Oakland. Fans shouted their anger at owner John Fisher. But the part that sucks is that at the end of the game, these same Oakland fans threw cups and bottles on the field after the game ended. That's crazy. So you hold a reverse boycott to show that you could go to a game if you wanted to, but you hate the owner who's a billionaire. You want him to sell the team, which he's not because he's a billionaire. And like the garbage trash ass fans you are after the Oakland Athletics beat a dominant Tampa Bay Rays team 2-1 have won seven in a row you litter the field with garbage you know one of the things that I take pride in being the people sportscaster is that you know I'm all about the real life experience I'm about the fan experience I am against the establishment of overpaid millionaires I believe in the the working man and the working woman, she or he, I know we use a lot of pronouns in today's society, the people who report to work, who work in the ticket booth, who do concessions. So you're going to throw garbage on the field. The billionaire is not cleaning up the garbage that you're throwing on the field. It's going to be to every man and every woman that has to pick up and clean up the mess by, again, the garbage, trash-ass Oakland Athletics. And fittingly so, hopefully when the Oakland A's move to Las Vegas, maybe they'll tear down Oakland Coliseum. Just tear it down. Blow it all up. Get rid of it. Because clearly when you're acting that disgusting I think you've made your point it's already bad enough that less than 5,000 people even show up at an athletics game (laughs) that's terrible oh and they were actually the first 7,000 fans received fan funded cell shirts made by local company Oaklandish. <sighs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. But this will be the perfect segue to the next thing regarding the Oakland Athletics is that the Nevada Senate passed a $380 million bill 
to help fund the new stadium, even though team owner John Fisher is a billionaire, the vote was 13-8 in favor of the project. So there are still multiple steps remaining. But in all likelihood, the Oakland A's will be coming to Las Vegas and they'll be having a prominent spot on the strip. The Oakland A's have been around in Oakland for over half a century, 50 years, because I know a lot of people don't know they need the numbers. A decade is 10 years, a century is 100 years, so over half a century is over 50 years. So it's funny how it all works, right? The fans have a reverse boycott on the same day that the Nevada Senate says, hey, we're going to take $380 million in taxpayer money to help fund this new stadium. Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, you can't force an owner to sell the team unless, of course, they say something racist that gets recorded or videotaped. So, interesting enough, Las Vegas would get the A's, a $30,000, excuse me, a 30,000-seat stadium, which would be the smallest in Major League Baseball, but I think that's good enough. A nine-acre plot at the site of the Tropicana Hotel on the Vegas Strip. But let's be real, the A's have been trying to move out of Oakland for the last 20 years. They tried to go to San Jose. They tried to go to Fremont, California. They couldn't get the waterfront project at Terminal at Howard Terminal site that they wanted. So here we go. Very interesting. It, it says that there's provisions, though, that when they get this $1.5 billion stadium, that they have to reserve a suite for community groups, donate $1.5 million to the community, and provide resources to helping homelessness in Las Vegas. Do you hear what a joke that sounds like? You're giving $380 million in taxpayer money to a billionaire owner and you want them to, you want to provide a provision of them helping homelessness. I think you have the money, but you're not allocating it to the right spots. But what else is new? (laughs) Absolutely terrible. So yeah, that's a great tie-in. That's a beautiful thing right there. And there was also some other good wins, actually, yesterday around the league that I want to talk about real quick. It looks like the San Diego Padres, they keep winning. And of course, I'm only talking about it because of the Kraken, El Gary Sanchez, who hit a three-run home run. It's his sixth homer since he joined the San Diego Padres on May 30th. And they pick up the 6-3 victory over the Cleveland Guardians in a sellout crowd over there at Petco Park. And I love Interleague. I will always talk about Interleague any time of the day when I get the chance. So who knows? Can San Diego turn it around? 
can they get to 500? They're 32 and 34. Maybe the series with the Guardians and them being at home is the home cooking that they need. We shall see how it plays out. There was also a thrilling game between the Kansas City Royals and the Cincinnati Reds, who I've been big on. They beat them 5-4 after dropping five runs in the second inning. Wow. So this is pretty interesting. The Reds dropped five runs in the second inning. The Royals had a run in the first, a run in the second, two in the third inning, and it was zeros the rest of the way. And Brandon Williamson gets his first big league win, so that's pretty big. Wow. Very impressive, very impressive. So make sure you're checking out the Cincinnati Reds if you haven't. They're very exciting. And also, give them some props because of how it went down. The Baltimore Orioles bounced the Toronto Blue Jays 11-6 final score. Baltimore recorded 17 hits to the Blue Jays 15 hits. Aaron Hicks knocks in a solo home run that bounces off the foul pole. And Gunnar Henderson blows the game open with a grand slam in the third inning. That initially in the third inning made it 8-1. So it was close early on, but the Baltimore Orioles pulled away. And I'm glad to see the Toronto Blue Jays fail. And again, notice the tie-in. I'm talking about former New York Yankees. L. The Kraken, L. Gary Sanchez, Aaron Hicks, who were derided by, again, the Yankee fan base, which I said in a previous podcast, my 100th, you're in episode 101. They are the worst that I've seen on social media. As a matter of fact, they're so bad, at least on two Facebook groups that I'm in, that I actually joined two MLB Facebook groups because the negativity, the delusion, and the racism by these so-called Yankee fans. And when I say the racism, I mean the racism of me being a man of color and reading the comments on my reply, reading the comments on my post. It's like, yeah, you are a diehard racist. Which is not surprising because if you look at the early history of the Yankees, you know, they were definitely in bottom five when it came to integration in Major League Baseball. Google Elston Howard. There's your assignment if you're interested in learning some history. You can follow me on TikTok and YouTube, Sports Opinion Log. I've actually made videos about Elston Howard, a great Yankee catcher who also had to endure racism by Yankee fans as he was the first man of color to play for the New York Yankees, which I also talk about in depth in February, Black History Month, which people say should be every day, but 
In particular, in February, I do highlight the history, especially since less than 10% of African-American men play the game of baseball. But I watch it. I love it. Can't get enough of it. So now I'm going to just segue real quick without a musical interlude. Because being a sports historian, a couple of things happened that I did not talk about that I will address right now. Starting number one with us having new NBA champions, NBA finals. It ended on Monday, I believe. Let me just check the calendar. Yeah, because I was out. Okay, yep, 2, 13, right. Yep, so that would be Monday, June 12th, 2023. We have new NBA champions as the Denver Nuggets dispatched the Miami Heat in five games. Final score in 94-89. I'm not surprised. Being the prophet, I had predicted that if the Lakers did not get to the playoffs, which they did, or get to the finals, which they did not get to the NBA finals, that the Denver Nuggets were going to win the championship. I also called the series at five games as well because the Miami Heat just can't stop the offense, even though they clearly did grind it out. So the Denver Nuggets win their first ever franchise championship in their 46, 47 year history. They went through the number eight Timberwolves, the number four Suns, number seven Lakers, and defeated the number eight Miami Heat. But now the big question is, can they become a dynasty? Can they repeat? Of course, I'll talk about Nikola Jokic, who I said should have been a three-time NBA MVP, which he did not get to make history. Because the ignorant masses and the sheeple who bray like the mindless cattle that they are were concerned that he never made it to an NBA Finals, even though the NBA MVP is a regular season award. So they, so the sheep tilted the favor for Joel Embiid for him to finally get MVP, which he was crying that he deserved, which he didn't really because after he got eliminated... <laughs> Right after he got eliminated by the Boston Celtics, it's then revealed that Joel Embiid is the only NBA MVP who's never been to a conference finals. So, womp, womp. That's why you can't listen to sheep. They don't know what they want. They just say mindless chatter, mindless banter. I already saw, I've been saying from the bubble, watch out for them Denver Nuggets. The Joker's dangerous. By the way, the same Joker who swept LeBron and the Lakers, who during the All-Star selection, was literally picked last. He was the last man on stage. He had to walk over to join LeBron's All-Star team. And look at him now. He gets NBA Finals MVP. He posts the most triple-doubles in a single season. He averaged 30 points, 13.5 rebounds, and 9.5 assists per game, and is the first player to lead all players in points, rebounds, and assists in a postseason. 
600 points, 269 rebounds, 190 assists. Never in NBA history has any player ever put up those kind of numbers over the course of 20 games, be it regular or postseason. The ratings were dismal, let's be real, because the NBA is hyping it up. Oh, this was the highest viewed, highest rated NBA playoffs in five years, which is correct. But when you go to NBA finals, not so much. And I know because being on Twitter, no one was really talking about the Nuggets. The only time the game went viral, in my opinion, was towards the end. When the NBA tried to force a game six by calling a foul on Aaron Gordon, which he did not foul him. And even when it was challenged and reviewed, they still upheld the wrong call. And then people wonder why fans say that the games and the outcomes are rigged. Nikola Jokic resume. He is now an NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP, two-time NBA MVP, Western Conference Finals MVP, five-time NBA All-Star, five-time All-NBA, and All-Rookie Team. But all anyone posts on social media is the pictures of him as a fat kid and talking about how he was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Okay. I get it. You keep saying the same fucking thing over and over again. Is there not anything new that we could talk about? I got you, though. Blue Arrow, Jamal Murray. Only four players have averaged 20-plus points and 10-plus assists in the finals. Magic Johnson, 1987 and 88. Michael Jordan, 91. LeBron, 2017, 2018. And now you could add Jamal Murray to that list. In my opinion, the Joker and the Blue Arrow are potentially the greatest dynamic duo in NBA Finals history with the numbers that they put up. And they are young. Therefore, the future, which I don't like saying, the future... Well, actually, it's good to say that the future is bright when they're an NBA champion. It's not good to say when they keep losing like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Oh, they're young. They'll be back. The future's bright. Not really. The future's bright for the Denver Nuggets. But now the real challenge begins. Because like they say, the journey to be the champion is great. But now you have to begin the journey to defend your championship. Let's not forget, folks, the last team to three-peat in the NBA my and your LA Lakers and that is facts but congratulations though to the Denver Nuggets winning their first ever NBA franchise that's big and speaking of wins and franchises NHL the Stanley Cup I saw it early on in their existence The Las Vegas Golden Knights, in their inaugural season, 
made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost to Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. And they finally sealed the deal. Beating down the Florida Panthers 9-3. Yes, you heard that correct. Las Vegas Golden Knights are the 2022-23 Stanley Cup champions. And they did it by crushing the Florida Panthers 9-3. Now, and of course they take the series in five games. All I can say is, wow, 9-3? <laughs> they got their ass beat. But, hey, let's be real. The Vegas Golden Knights, they got it going on. They call their arena the Fortress. They got the crazy intro with the helmet and the light show and the players skating through the mask. It's not... It's real easy to love the Vegas Golden Knights. They've been around for, what, six, seven seasons? And they get... The Stanley Cup. Mark Stone had a hat trick. Florida Panthers tried, but uh, nope. I'm like, the Panthers went through a lot. They made a lot of history on their way to the Stanley Cup Finals. But uh, yeah, this team would not be denied. So, again, tip of the cap, congratulations to the Las Vegas Golden Knight. So, they made the Stanley Cup final in their first season. They made the playoffs in every year but one. And only six players remained from that original team, which, again, had lost in five games to the Capitals. And I was actually going for the Vegas Golden Knights. I was very torn. You have a rookie team. In their rookie year, and you have Alex Ovechkin, who for years has been, you know, labeled by the media as not being able to win it all, always falling short. And now they too get to skate around with Lord Stanley. So let's be real, and here's the tie in with Major League Baseball we have the Raiders in Vegas. The Super Bowl will be at Allegiant Stadium in February. Vegas will be hosting a Formula One race this year. Vegas is on the rise. And the Vegas Golden Knights are the first real league franchise that took to the city. So that's what's up. It's it's a great story, a great ending. And again, nothing is better than the thrill of victory being a Stanley Cup champion. I guess I should... Yeah, I I wouldn't want to save that for my in-closing because that would be uh, NBA history. And let me remark, too, that that Game 5 occurred yesterday. So mark mark it on the calendar. Sports Historian Lex Anderson, June 13th. 2023, Las Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions. Thanks to Mark Stone notching a hat trick 
in a 9-3 final score over the Florida Panthers. Wow. Maybe I might go by the NHL store. There's one here in New York City. Maybe I might grab a Las Vegas Golden Knight official hockey puck. That'll be cool. So my in closing will be that I'm seeing that there's rumors of trading Bradley Beal. I do not want Bradley Beal on the Lakers. He averages over 20 missed games a season as he's done the last four or five years. There's talks of the Pelicans moving Zion. Go ahead. It won't matter. Talking about trading him for a draft pick, giving him to Charlotte. LaMelo, Zion, sounds like a great playing dynamic duo. But I'll talk about it later. Again, Sports Opinion Log on YouTube, on TikTok. That's where you could find me. There I are. Until next time, sports fans nationwide, Lex Anderson signing out.